0: Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm James Marriott and we have no Dom this week. Uh, he's away for a few days so I've, uh, I've drafted in a more than capable replacement from the star, Alex Miller. Hi there James, how are you doing? Uh, all right. Uh, this is the first time you've been on the show of course. It is, yeah. So later on we'll get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we've also got Gary Monk and Morgan Fox. Uh, leads on Saturday of course to look at. Uh, two games to reflect on first of all. So Cardiff on Friday, it feels like an eternity, doesn't it?
1: It certainly does, and uh, you know the the problems that everyone had going down. You know, with the weather and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it was a bit a bit of a difficult trip, but um, yeah, I think I think the Owls could be quite happy with uh, with a the point there, despite the uh, the circumstances that it came in.
0: It was a it was a bit of a funny old game in a lot of ways. So um, I think most of us, if we were honest with ourselves, would have taken a point before the match when that full time whistle went there was kind of that little tinge of disappointment that we hadn't got three points out of it because through the course of that game we certainly created enough to win that probably created enough to win two or three games of football to be um to be fair and it did it felt like two points dropped in the end didn't it for wednesday
1: it did and and like i said those circumstances of not only it being a what was it 87th minute uh, equalizer but the uh, the fact that it didn't really look like a foul, you know. It was a, a very frustrating yeah.
0: goal to concede. Although it was, as soon as that free kick was given, and you could see it wasn't a free kick, you kind of think we know what's coming. Yeah, here. this is the yeah. this is the sucker punch.
1: And you've got you know the jolly green giant doing the uh, the the staff jumps, you know, <laughs> behind the wall as well. So yeah, all, all that sort of lumped into one. It it did feel disappointing, but I I was saying to. To darmond and my colleagues there all week you know you, you I think you'd rip your the wrist off for uh, for a point, yeah. at cardiff you know that their record so far down there unbeaten you know obviously still unbeaten unfortunately yeah um but yeah, you know I think uh, Wednesday would have taken a point and the the way that they play particularly in that first half and and having' been spoken to uh, to monk today um there has been a big difference between the first half and the and the second half in in both the matches over the last few days. Um but yeah, that that first half was uh, just about as well, you know, if you take Burr out of it, just about as well as I've seen Sheffield Wednesday play. They were they were fantastic, really moved the ball around quickly, which is I think when they're at the best, they are moving the ball around quickly.
0: Yeah, it was it was fluid, wasn't it? That that first half, which was uh, which was great. I mean, I guess first things first. Morgan Fox coming into the to the team, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, me and Dom talked about the fact that um, Gary Monk's not changed his defence at all so far since he since he came in. Um, so a bit of a surprise that he kind of suddenly decides to take Odegaard out when he didn't off the back of Odegaard making some mistakes earlier in the in the season. Um, Hutch coming back in as we expected. Um, Um, Westwood injured in the warm-up. I mean, it's not the first time that this has happened with Kieran Westwood. I kind of wonder, what on earth do we do with him during the warm-up? Because whatever it is, we need to stop doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, obviously, it's the first time I've seen it happen, but that that was sort of mentioned in in the press box, that it it wasn't the first time. Um, But, uh, you know, I thought, on the whole, Cameron Dawson did a fantastic job, you know, made made a great save, and, you know, I think some question marks over his positioning um, for, for the equaliser, but mitigating circumstances there with what what Aiden Flint was doing in front of him. Um, so yeah, really really tricky one. But I think he's he's held himself well for the for the last week. You know, deputising for for Westwood, and it'd be interesting to see. You know who he goes with on on Saturday, Monk.
0: Yeah. Um, so a lot of love for Hutch after the game. A lot of people talking about his performance. It kind of looked like a Hutch that's had kind of like you know two and a half weeks off and he was raring to to go, uh, but looked very accomplished in in that in that role. Um, anyone else that kind of stood out
1: for for you? Uh, Harris was particularly good. I thought you know going going back to his old club and you see he had a point to prove. Um, When, when there's a few players like this in the Wednesday side, I think, but when he's playing well, Wednesday really tick over nicely and they look at their most dangerous, which is going to be, you know, when, when you, you quick direct, you know, tricky winger is playing well, you're always going to be a threat. Um, But I thought he was very good. I was impressed with, uh, with Fletcher as well. Um, But the, but the centre halves, you know, again, you know, me and Dom are sort of wary of, Sort of waxing lyrical on them, it seems every week we're, we're giving them a lot of credit. But the the fact is that Sheffield Wednesday aren't conceding many goals, and uh, and the two of them were were outstanding yet again. Um, so first goal for Julian Burner.
0: Uh, I tweeted a bit about this. So we have got uh, Bannon and Fletcher involved in the setup, then to Harris, whose shots turned in by Burner. Zero transfer fees involved in mm. uh, in that goal. Not a single penny spent in the in the creation of it. Uh, I've never been so happy for someone to get their first goal for <laughs> Wednesday. I'd imagine Julian Bird has probably not slept since he's been so happy about it, bless him.
1: Well, we're used to him sort of fist bumping and going mad for, for clearances, aren't we? Um, but yeah, we, we saw something real special as he turned that ball in. And it's one of those, you know, we, we've spoken to him a couple of times, you know, in, in press conferences and stuff. And he really is that sort of likeable figure that, that you know, the impression that he gives on a, on a field. So I think everyone was delighted for him. The, the initial sort of thing with with that goal was we just thought it sort of bumbled off him but there, there was a little bit you know he was a bit cute with it as it came in he sort of opened of up his body that. absolutely well you know if it went to a vote I've absolutely no doubt he'd win it <laughs> <Goal> as well <laughs> uh, but yeah been really really impressed with him you know he's been outstanding Harris as well like you said free transfers it's a new approach from Wednesday and it, it's paying off absolutely yeah I mean it's um you, you kind of look at the team and the Players that we've spent a
0: lot of money on aren't aren't really in there. It's it is the players that have, you know, we've kind of begged, stolen, and borrowed that are, are really doing the stuff now. Um, so you mentioned Harris. He obviously had a, a, a half decent chance to get on the score sheet just before the the goal. Um, it was a half of chances, wasn't it? And we saw um there was the the Stephen Fletcher chance that came off his um top of his chest. Yeah, in he ended the end, up chesting it, didn't he? Yeah. Which you kind of look at the replay of that and just think. I what I, I could sort of see sort of ever so slightly behind him and why he kind of did that, but you sort of think if he gets any other part of his body onto that, that's yeah. that's probably two nil.
1: Yeah, and you could, I think you can see on the on the look of his face. We had the little monitors uh, for the replay uh, in the ground, and you can see from the look of his face, it's one of those that he just you know, if I could have that back, you know, he, he he'd finish that, especially with the form that he's in as well, you know, this season. So yeah. It, it's going to be a slight concern I think possibly for Wednesday the fact that they have are having these sort of long periods of of domination is probably too strong a word but certainly looking very good going forward and they're not putting games to bed you know if they'd uh, defence as strong as Wednesday's who are ticking over as well as they are are not going to concede two goals very often if they score two goals in a game they're going to win an awful lot uh, which sounds pretty rudimental but you know it's true and I think it will be a slight concern like I say for, for Monk and his men Well I mean it, I, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here because one
0: of the things I wanted to talk about when we got on to, to the Stoke game is about this issue of killing off games um, so we'll, we'll talk in depth about Stoke in a bit but that um, free kick that Stoke got towards the end of the game Mark Duffy steps up and you're kind of like oh, right, this. I mean this is written in the script isn't it for Mark Duffy to score a screamer um, and, and get Stoke back in it but it's another game where he thought we should have been out of sight before that, that point. Um and I mean Gary Monk's not, not daft. It's pretty glaringly obvious to everyone that, that we're creating enough chances to finish off games way, way, way before we are doing. And we're not, um, but yeah, that it, it is. There is a concern there because there will come a game where we don't have as many chances, and we've we've got to be a little bit more clinical. And it's actually, you know, I, I've, I can hear myself earlier in the season saying this lots of times about, you know, that got to be more clinical. Phrase It has been a real theme all season long, really. That we, uh, I don't know what the exact stats are, but we're certainly up there or thereabouts in terms of creating the most chances. Uh, but we, yeah, we just we it, it takes us. Too many chances to score a goal at the moment, and we—if we carry on like that—we'll we, get punished, won't we? That's—it's not—it's not really sustainable to, to to miss as many chances as Wednesday are doing at the moment. I don't think.
1: Yeah, it, it does feel that way, and um, so many games that Wednesday have had this year have been have been so tight, and that—that's partly down to the fact that defensively they have been so coordinated. But you know, <laughs> the other side of the coin is that they're not. You know, borough aside, you know, and and Reading, of course, you know, they're not they're not banging in lots of goals. It has an effect on the way that you defend. And and monks said today uh, in in his press conference that he's frustrated at the, at the way that they've played in this in the second half, and that they're not they have not been savvy enough. They've not moved the ball quick enough. And when you are defending that one goal, when maybe you're thinking, you know, it's going to be one of those nights that you know the defend the defense, I guess, does retreat, and and naturally, you know, what we have, we hold. Um. So yeah, that you know, banging that second one. It would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I think it would do. It w- it would probably like
0: elongate the life of Wednesday ice <laughs> quite <Yeah. laughs> quite a bit because it's getting quite stressful at the back end of uh, of games now. Watching, uh, watching Wednesday. I mean, I'm, I'm saying all this very much with half an eye on the game that's coming up on Saturday because. Uh, if we give Leeds any kind of a sniff, we'll get punished. I mean, Cardiff are not a bad team, Stoke are not a bad team. A team like Leeds, I would say, has been different level, and uh, we've, we've got to take our chances. We've got to defend in the way that we have been doing, and those two things need to come together, which... They haven't done in the last two games. We've got, a, we've kind of got away with it. We've got four points from games that we absolutely we deserve to get six points from those two games. But uh, a better team is going to punish us for, for for that, I guess. And um, we'll talk more about Leeds in um, in a bit. So just to kind of you know wrap things up from the um, from the Cardiff game, you've you've talked about it a little bit. Let's talk about the goal. So um, first of all, I I guess we're going to agree on this. Do you think it was a free kick? No, I don't no. think it was. It, it wasn't a free kick at all. Um, now, the, the more interesting thing is the offside debate. And um, what, what is quite interesting now is that we've got more and more like ex-referees that are on Twitter um, who kind of go through all the dodgy decisions or uh, contentious decisions to give their opinion on them. Uh, and across the board, they were like, yeah, that should have been offside. Um, I feel like Cameron Dawson did his bit in terms of he was screaming and shouting at the mm. linesman. Um, so it wasn't as if the linesman just didn't notice. There's nothing else for the linesman to be looking at during that sequence of play. He's you know, it, it, just checking to see whether or not there's a player offside. Um, it's really disappointing, isn't it, that this wasn't seen by the uh, officials or uh, the alternative is that they've seen it and just made the complete wrong decision on it.
1: Yeah, first of all, you know, Cameron Dawson's had a a little bit of criticism, you know, for for what he did in in, in shouting at the linesman. People saying, you know, he should be he should be ready for his positioning on the free kick and stuff. I th- that's such ridiculous. I think well, you know, it,
0: if that's Kieran Westwood, I think exactly. he's screaming and shouting even more. Yeah. He, he's probably he probably goes on one man strike and goes and, yeah. and goes and sees the linesman himself. Yeah, um, and I don't think anyone would criticise Kieran Westwood for that.
1: Exactly, and um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> In, in terms of the actual decision itself, you know, like we say, I think the the vast majority of of, of the minds that there are sort of clued up on this sort of thing have said it's an offside, like you said, and and that makes it all the more frustrating. Uh, Neil Warnock, you know, you, you take a lot of what he says, especially against Sheffield Wednesday with a pinch of salt, but um, speaking after the match, you know, he he said, well, you know, if you're within a yard of the wall, you can stand where you like. Well, that's not the case at all, Neil. You know, and I think it was a bit sort of tongue in cheek, and maybe aimed towards um, those of us that were there of a Wednesday persuasion. But yeah, particularly frustrating. It, it should have, it should have been ruled out, and, and particularly that late on as well. You know, it, it was gutting. But like we said you know with a, with a positive spin on it you know you, you're taking a 1-1 one, one draw at Cardiff I think.
0: Yeah absolutely so the nature of the way that our game kind of finished and um, you know we, I, I guess we were all a little bit kind of downbeat at the fact that we didn't come away with uh, with three points which I always kind of think does that um, psychologically play a little bit when you're then going into a game a few days later on because you're kind of just going into it with that slight sort of negative sort of feeling around um, there weren't any kind of signs of that though I thought it was a, it was a good performance on um, on Tuesday so I mean first thing to talk about is is the team so no changes at all uh, both me and dom last week predicted widespread changes to the team for uh, tuesday night uh, and we got that incredibly wrong I w- I was quite surprised uh, after what happened at the the Hull game and the team looking leggy that Gary Monk stuck with the the same starting um, eleven. What what were your thoughts when you uh, when you saw that team announced?
1: Yeah, shocked. You know the same. Um, and, and like you say, going back to that that last sort of midweek game and and how leggy they did look at in in terms of the performance itself. I, I think maybe they they did sort of show. Certainly, latterly in in the game showed a, a little bit of legs there and, and the effects of Friday night.
0: The, there was—I'm not going to say it was kind of carbon copy stuff, but um, it was—it was a bright start from from Wednesday, but it faded, didn't it? I mean, the last kind of 20 minutes of that that first half—I mean, I'd, I'd been up, I'd, I'd been working on Tuesday morning. I was up at 3 a.m., so I was praying for a game that wasn't boring because I was <laughs> serious concerns about falling asleep. And the back end of that first half was kind of like, this is—it's mm. a—it got a little bit difficult at, at times because there just wasn't very much uh, happening. Stoke weren't offering. A lot.
1: No, I, I think it, it's one of those. Maybe Stoke would have been happy with a draw, you know, coming up to Hillsborough and, and off the back of of two wins that you know, and it does sap it out of you, you know, that that sort of scenario that they found themselves in and, and getting two good wins and, and coming up and and their two injuries as well, you know, that that was a big factor, I think, you know, the Lindsay who came on for uh, was it Cameron Vickers? Um, he you know made the mistake and it, it was just one of those Tuesday night. Championship games where it was going to take a mistake or something like that to to open it up. Once Wednesday got the lead, you know, particularly in the in the latter half of the, the second half, thought they closed it out very well and nullified any any threat that Stoke had.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: Um, I, I I never
0: felt Cardiff looked kind of dangerous. I didn't really get that feeling from from Stoke. It's quite an odd team that that Stoke team because there are individually some decent players in it. Something there just doesn't just doesn't quite seem to add up. Um, You can kind of see that that's a team that's had a bit of trouble because you... When I when the teams came out, I looked at it. I was like, "Well, their bench is better than their starting eleven. But I'm guessing that it was the 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 players on the bench were the ones that had been playing at the start of the season when they were losing every game, and he's changed things round and they started winning again. But um, you know, maybe we just played them at the right kind of opportunity uh, opportunity there. Um, so Massimo
1: Luongo, he loves scoring goals at Hillsborough, doesn't he? He does two and two. Um, yeah, I mean earlier earlier in the season, I I really sort of championed him because I watched him in those League Cup games that he played in and just thought he he sort of provided exactly what the Wednesday midfield at that time needed. You know, that bit of energy, you know, Bannon and, and Hutchinson for everything good that they do, you know, don't don't carry the ball as much. They don't in, inject that sort of um, energy, both attacking and and defensively as well, you know, because cause Luongo really does get around when Wednesday don't have the ball, um, which is worth watching. Um, and yeah, yeah, a couple of goals. It, it's something that he did... At the start of his career at QPR, and he's certainly done it for Australia as well, um, QPR ended up using him in more of a defensive role and, and pulled him further back. And, you know, he, he felt his, his wings were a bit clipped there. Um, but yeah, more of it, please. You know, I, th- I think he's been fantastic. And he's... Monk was asked today about the midfield and how that's shaping up. And it, it feels like Massimo Longo is going to be a, a big, big part of that going forward. It's hard to kind of see now this... I mean, we we did Alpinions last week where we talked about formations.
0: Uh, Moving to a a central midfield of of two, if we're going to play two up front in any games, it's kind of hard to see who do you take out of that. You know, Hutch obviously has such a vital role and I I sometimes forget when, you know, Hutch and, and, and what he does when we're, um, uh, say we've got a set piece or a corner or something like that, in terms of his ability to just drop back into the back four if there's a defender coming back. And it's so seamless that you don't even notice it. But picked up on that a few times on Tuesday night about the fact that Hutch obviously has that experience. He can do that. He just becomes a central defender for 30 seconds. Uh, but it means that that defensive shape holds. Um, so obviously you've got you know, Hutch, who I would say is kind of integral. Bannon, Luongo's making himself really important. It's hard to see a scenario where Bannon's not going to be in the team. It's like, it's it's getting to the point where the formation's sort of picking itself now, isn't it? Because who do you take out of that midfield now?
1: Yeah, and I think with more minutes together, the three of them, it's only going to go one way. It's only going to get better and better. And Gary Monk's been very, very honest about the fact that he, you know, he was thrown in, what was it, two days before, before Huddersfield? Yeah he had to, you know, pick a team out of off the top of his head basically from, from one training session and what he'd seen of Sheffield Wednesday before. And, you know, people like Morgan Fox is coming to the team. I know we're going to talk about him shortly. And um Luongo, you know, I think being the being the main one, you know, weren't in the side, difficult to get in. Bannon and Hutchinson weren't particularly doing anything wrong. They were picking up results and it was just a case of um waiting for the opportunity and um you know he, he has waited and he's got there and two goals in two games at Hillsborough you know you, you can't ask for much more
0: absolutely um what you say about him is very true in terms of the performances there as well uh and he does bring that something to the field that we've kind of been lacking um Kieran Lee's obviously a bit of an oddball isn't it because we I think I think we missed Kieran Lee for a long time and he came back into the team and you were like all right you know we have been missing a Kieran Lee um but what Luongo does just seems to work. It seems to give us a a real solidity to that midfield and it kind of allows Bannon to be like a better... Bannon version of himself, if that makes sense, because he he can do what Bannon really needs to to do. He's not got to do as much of the hard work because Luongo and Hutchinson are doing it. It allows yeah, Bannon, Barry Bannon to be a bit more Barry Bannon for the
1: want of a better phrase. I think it frees up space for Bannon as well. You know, Luongo. You know, if he is going to get around, and especially when he is carrying that ball and 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 moving opposition midfielders or defenders around the pitch, it does open up. Pockets of space for for Bannon, and that's when Bannon's at his best. And when he, you know he's got a bit of time to pick a pass and and really open something up. So yeah, I mean, it, it, he's as we said, he's he's performed very well since he's gone in the one and and he's getting the best out of people around him. So like I say, you can't ask for much more we've
0: got to give um, big kudos to uh,
1: Cameron Dawson a great save in the
0: second half uh, I think rightly people have mentioned the fact that the Stoke player should be burying that header but regardless it doesn't matter he's still got to make that save and it's so low down and it's so close to him they're hard hard saves to make um, and I love the the kind of defensive organisation that once upon a time that would have come back to a, Hull, uh, to a Stoke player and it would been a goal and mm. um, yeah just um, uh, I thought there was there was some neat defending on, um, on on Tuesday and I was worried with when Westwood's not there because he is kind of that organiser and he does scream and shout at everyone and Dawson's not that kind of goalkeeper and um, maybe he's getting better on that, I don't know uh, but it's uh, what would have felt just a couple of months ago as a real makeshift defence is is has really kind of made it's made itself, hasn't it? It's found itself that defence now.
1: It has, you know, and, and it starts at, at the at the back. In it, sorry, in the centre. In terms of Julian Berner, and you know, who, who's a massive fans' favourite, has has taken like a duck to water to English football. But but Dominic Iorfa, who there's always been this this question of whether he's a right back whether he's a centre back this is the longest run he's ever had in the team at centre back and you know he's been fantastic that pace that you know there was a couple of times uh, particularly in the Stoke game where they just started to build an attack they're just starting to you know get one in in behind and and I often manage to stamp it out um, before it really looks like a chance and those sort of things do um, you know get overlooked sometimes but yeah the, the two of them are fantastic Palmer does what Palmer does you know fairly consistent, you know, you know what you're gonna get from him and, and seems to be enjoying life on the right. Having I've been, I've been played a lot of football on the left and, and I know we're gonna talk about Morgan Fox, but I've been really impressed with him in the last couple of games. Um I offer I, I
0: always feel really bad for thinking this, but he still feels to me like a player that's got a mistake in him. And I think it's just I, I think it's just the way that I think he's just a bit too tall for his body. Yeah. That sense. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say he's that. Ju- you know he's a little bit sort of gangly, isn't yeah. he? And, and and sometimes he's he kind of does something and it looks really untidy, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And I can't really like, I can't really fault him. I don't think he's made any particular errors. Um, We can point to the goal that Hull scored maybe, but um, I think that's harsh. And, you know, he, he generally is doing his job really well, but he is one of those players that just, it just makes you a little bit nervous.
1: There's a lot of players like that. Joel Matip's one, Mamadou Saka always had it thrown at him. Yeah. You know, these centre-halves and you're expected to, as a centre-half now, not, Massively in, in this in this Wednesday side, but to be good with the ball and bring the ball out, and you know these these six foot something centre halves that are all arms and legs and they don't look that comfortable. You know everyone's got to look like a like a real Ferdinand and like a Rolls Royce, you know, d- across the ground. Um, I offer doesn't have that, but I, I think when you actually look at it and and you stop and think, you know, he's 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 pretty capable with the ball at his feet, um, and yeah, certainly from what I've seen. You know, remember of course I've I've only really been watching Wednesday with any sort of regularity since the start of the season. I've been really, really impressed with him. I think he's uh, developing into a proper centre-half. And just final thing for me,
0: um, obviously, Fernando Forestieri coming off the bench. Um, We didn't obviously see very much of him, uh, but he did. I mean, you kind of mentioned that you've not been watching Wednesday for that long. So um, it, it felt to me like a Fernando Forestieri who actually seemed to have a little bit of purpose to him he seemed to understand what his role was he seemed to have been well briefed beforehand I've got a friend that sits in the uh, south stand and you might have seen this from the press box that said that Gary Monk spent a long time talking to him before he came on um, and he obviously feels it's necessary to really kind of drill home to Fernando Forestieri what what role he wants him to play Um, he didn't have a lot of the ball but when he did he looked all right Hmm.
1: yeah absolutely I mean coming from such a long spell off. I know he's played, uh, you know, a couple of behind closed doors games, and and obviously played well in that under 23s game as well. But yeah, all credit to him. Uh, worked really hard. It, Fernando Forest Diarra has got a lot to play for. You know, he's, he's coming up to the end of his contract. I know you and Dom have, have spoken about this in the past. It's it, you know, it's a case of where he fits in, but he, he's certainly got that incentive. You know, after the game, he. he Posed with the fans and all that sort of thing, his PR machine's going into overdrive. He, loves it though, he it. does love I think it. He genuinely loves it, and and the and the fans love him. You know, every more or less every single game he's been out for six weeks, and more or less every single game that I've covered, you know, there's been that that Oh, Foresty Airy song. So, you know, th- there is a mutual love there. I had a look at his his stats at Wednesday as a whole since he arrived. Uh, I can't, I haven't actually got the stats on me, but it, it you know, it. it his importance to the team in terms of points per game and that sort of thing—it's no, it'll be no surprise to anyone really that since he had the the operation and the surgery on his knee, it's gone down dramatically. So he, different player, isn't it? Unfortunately, sure. completely different player. Um, and like I said, I didn't see a lot of Forestieri before, saw so bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, if he can get back to anywhere near where he was in those first couple of seasons, you know, he he could be potentially the the X factor that, that Wednesday need to put a, a real. You know automatic promotion pushed together
0: okay we're going to talk about the Leeds game then in uh, a few minutes first of all uh let's hear from the manager here's gary monk you know a big part of the work
2: i've tried to do it we have to have a real competitive mindset i think that maybe for whatever reasons maybe a lacked a little bit in the last couple of years and why everyone's maybe doubted or, or thought why you know this type of squad hasn't achieved what it did a few years back so um that mindset, that mentality to compete and um, to have that organisation and all those side of it is something I've tried to implement and and trying to build as we go along and and the lads have done great. We've competed in every single game. There hasn't been a game where we haven't been out of a situation where we can gain points. So that's really important in this league. It's huge. It's probably one of the most important details you can have in this league. So um, you need to do that straight away anyway to be good and successful as a team but then also you need to have that from the start to build it to make sure that you're picking up results whilst you're trying to improve those you know the other bits of our game as we go along you need time to do that i said it all along i haven't had a a pre-season a six-week period to put a lot of the trains in we've had one international break where i've could really the only time i've had a chance to put a good period of work in but you know that competitive mindset organization and quality that we do have you know if we put that in the games in the meantime to get results and you know it allows you that time to build the rest of it with
3: the, with the players Eight games so far so you have a, a little bit of time to, to have a look at them what, what, what's what been the biggest plus so far What what's the sort of biggest area for improvement that you've seen well, I think the
2: fact probably the biggest plus has just been how competitive we've been in every game you know and I think that's important I said it, it's a huge strength to have if you know um more often than not you're going to be very competitive in the game and you do that through an organization you do that through the quality that you have and um i've been very pleased with that because that's then allows you to be a bit more consistent it allows confidence and belief to keep growing and um and then when you do have a setback like we did the whole showing that we can respond is is all those things are all tick boxes as you go along and then you the day-to-day stuff is seeing how they respond to different things in training and you know, ones that maybe haven't played so many minutes, can they fight and keep the attitude that's needed to put themselves in the frame and the ones that have got the shirt or been playing more, can they do enough to, to keep that shirt and um, of course there's the, the other side of it, the technical part of it, the football side of it, which we need to improve, um, which we are, we're working every day on on different aspects of it, but in terms of the time we've had with the players and the, the response I've had from them, yeah, it's, um, it's been really positive and that's important.
3: So in terms of that improvement, it, it would be the sort of the, the time on the ball and what you do when, when you're in possession.
2: Yeah, I think like um, you know we've already shown what we can do with the ball, and we've shown how good we can be without it as well. It's putting those two things together consistently for four games, which we've done as well. But you want to try and get that as many times as possible. Uh, maybe in the last two games, um, coming off good first halves with control defensively and offensively. We've let the offensive go a little bit in the in the second half of those two games, but that's again, you know, put into context. You know, we've just played a team that's got one of the best home records in the league, a team that's just hit a bit of form with, let's not get it wrong, they've got a really good squad soak. So, um, what's been pleasing is we've shown both sides, but of course, we, you'd rather have it the ideal situation is to have both sides completely in those 90 minutes. But it's you see it in many championship games, you saw the games last night, you know, how how that similar experiences for all teams so um, I've been very look we're moving in the right direction the players have given everything they've got I feel that we've got a really good group of players here that can can do well and we have to just keep building that That's, that's the only thing and that's done by hard work that's all we can do
3: Leeds at Hillsborough this weekend would you say they're the team to beat this season in the championship
2: I think yeah they're up there with a couple probably who were favourites at the start of the season—they're expected to go up as they were last year. You know, unlucky in the situation they had in in in, in the playoffs. But all credit to Derby, with what they did, and, um, and yeah, that's the expectation of that club. You know, it was there when I was there. You know, even though that we were in a probably a, a completely different situation in terms of starting off, um, there was a lot of issues on and off the pitch when I was there that we had to overcome and, and get back together. But. They've been in a different situation now. It's, it's a lot more settled off the pitch, and and yeah, they came close last season. That's the demand of a big club, you know. They, that club wants to be back in the Premier League. It should be like many other big clubs in this league. And I think the way that they talk and the way that they go about it, they expect themselves to be in the Premier League, and their players expect it from the way that the players talk as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a big, big season for them. And um, but we're on our own path. We're on our own focus. You know. We, Respect the fact that they're a good team and, you know, um, the way that they play, but we have to work our our way and focus on ourselves. And if we do that, we know we can give ourselves a good
3: opportunity to win the game. Obviously manage both teams now. How does the, the expectations level compare between the two sides? It's the same, you know, big clubs, historic clubs.
2: The expectation that those types of clubs will always be to be back where they feel they belong, you know, which is the Premier League. Both clubs have been out of the Premier League for a, a number of years now, but that expectation doesn't change. You know, you can all play it down, but there's no getting away from it. Um, and that's what we're here for. You know, you take that challenge on. You know, um, took the challenge on at, at Leeds. I said, I'm proud of the work we've done there. We, you know, we're in a, we're in a totally different situation to what that club wasn't. You know, it is now. Um, but I see the same here. You know, an expectation, but one let's meet the challenge and try and take it forward. That's what we're here for.
0: So of course it is uh, it's facing his old team isn't it for uh, for for Gary Monk.
1: I hate this game I really do. <laughs> so have
0: you have you covered a Wednesday Leeds game before?
1: I've not. Um I've I've covered Leeds United a fair bit actually in the past. Right. Um I'm a, I'm from I'm not a Leeds United fan. I'll put that out there. <laughs> I'm very clear. Um but yeah you know, from from Leeds and a lot of my friends are Leeds so it's always a uh, a club that I've I've kept a close eye on, um, but yeah, I've not actually experienced a, a Wednesday Leeds game before. I'm, I'm told it's it's something a little bit different to everything yeah, else. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of
0: ill-tempered. Um,
1: the
0: the atmosphere certainly fired up, and sometimes that that over um, everyone remembers the Chris Kirkland incident a few years back on a, a Friday night game of course last last season as well it was a, a Friday night game and um, you know again it, it kind of got to it got past the point of being a fired up atmosphere to just being a little bit unpleasant um, this time around, and it's so rare that I would ever say I'm glad that a game is a Saturday lunchtime kickoff because I hate them as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it's the right time to, to to play that that game. It gives people less time in the pub beforehand, yeah. it? and it and yeah. it just stops it getting quite as as sort of ferocious as it as it um, as it does. Um, I mean, what what are you, you you saw Gary Monk earlier? What are your kind of thoughts about um, any impression from him about? if he's likely to bring any changes.
1: He he's played his cards very close to his chest and he, he does that a lot. Um and he and he can surprise you. You know, we we a number of times this season already he's he's completely changed the system or you know, made changes where we weren't expecting them and vice versa. Um I don't know, is the is the honest answer. Well I mean, when you sort of look at the team and think, well,
0: where would those changes come? Yeah, Because if assuming Stephen Fletcher's fit mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, if Stephen Fletcher says he doesn't feel 100%, then that might need to change. But if Stephen Fletcher's fit, obviously he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Harris, Reach... I know there were some people saying after Tuesday night maybe Reach needs a, a rest and that you know at times he didn't really look in the game on Tuesday, but I thought his work rate was there. I'm not sure that it's a tiredness issue with Reach. I think it's more of a confidence issue, if anything, with yeah. Adam, Adam Reach. We talked about the midfield three. You wouldn't really change that unless you have to. Do you change the defence after they've kept a clean sheet? Um, Kieran Westwood, do we need to rush him back? Cameron Dawson's been playing all right. I don't know where you kind of think that those changes would be. It would be... Kind of maybe changing one of on the full-backs, but just for changing sake. if Yeah, anything.
1: it's one of those. And and, and after, well, after, what would be three games in in eight days? He, he said today that you know he, he works very very closely with Tony Strudwick and and the sports science team, and and that he is sort of led in in some of these decisions by by what they say. You know, players don't necessarily they call it the red zone, don't they? They don't have to necessarily get into the red zone before they are given given a break. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think it's probably important to, to point out Massimo Longo's come through, obviously he came off just for the hour on Tuesday, but he, he's course. come through um, and yeah, he, he'll be available for selection. He's very hopeful, Monk said, which is shorthand for he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Westwood's fit um, and, you know, he admitted, Monk, you know, he said that he's going to have to sleep on the decision. You know, paid tribute to, to Dawson and, and the saves that he's made and the impact that he's had since he came in so um, yeah that'll be interesting um, Monks said a few times that he he does want to repay the uh, the the impact of, of players that do come into the side and, and do make an impact so you know Dawson couldn't have done much more really to, to keep his side so it'll be interesting to see obviously Westwood's a big player big game all the rest of it um, but in terms of other changes yeah I, I, I'm not it, it'll be a bit of a surprise no matter who he takes out because of the way that they've, they've Played in over the last couple of games.
0: Yeah, it will. It'll be. It will be an interesting one. You kind of look at players like Sam Hutchinson and think, well, you know, he's 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 got no knees. You know, he's, he's. if anyone's going to need a rest, it's going to be someone like him. And you've got Joey Pellepessi that you can bring in. But then you think, well, against Leeds, like Sam Hutchinson's the first name on your team sheet. As long as he's you know he's not like you know, on crutches, you're going to stick him. You're going to play him. Um, so it'll be an interesting one that. And I, and I kind of feel like. There's a full week then isn't there until the next game. It's no, there's no midweek game so I I suspect that he'll be hoping that unless there's anyone that's not up to it he can put that same team out again but possibly Westwood coming in. Yeah. Um you'd kind of think against Leeds who've got that real striking prowess that you're probably going to lean towards playing Westwood aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think so. Look, if I had a, a gun to my head that's that's what I'd guess the team would be that you know the only change would be Westwood um we we're expecting changes for the whole game and, and that sort of thing but you know it's a it's a Sam Hutchinson game at a Yorkshire derby um and yeah I think he'll follow suit I think it'll be it'll be quite similar but like I say I don't know gary monk's got this way of uh, flipping things on its head when you least expect it
0: We've said a few times this season about oh this game coming up is going to be the most difficult one of the season so far. We said it about Fulham. Uh you know we we kind of insinuated it about uh, Cardiff as well and about that was that, that was going to be a real tricky game. Um no doubt at all that this will be our biggest test of the season coming up on Saturday. Um Leeds obviously quite a fascinating 18 months at Leeds all things considered because Bielsa comes in, they make a storming start to the season last season and everyone said oh they'll die off after Christmas. And of course that didn't happen and then at the end of the season things went a bit wrong for for Leeds and we all said, well, that's it now, the bubble's burst, there'll not be a strong next season. And of course, they started this season really strongly as well, and um, it is a Leeds team that I kind of look at, and I've seen them, um, highlights of a couple of their games this season, and think if there's a team in this league that scares me a bit, it's probably Leeds, because when they are in form, they can move the ball around at an exceptional pace. There's a lot of skill in that team, there's a lot of talent in that team, and um, on their day, there, there the really isn't a better team in the championship than this, than this Leeds United squad. It is going to be a tough, tough game. Yeah,
1: I'd go with that as well. I think it'll be a real test of, of what Gary Monks Sheffield Wednesday have got. Really, you know, there's been a lot made, isn't there, about the the, the games that they've won so far and the points they've accumulated and, and who against. More importantly, I, I think I'm right in saying they haven't beaten anyone that's any higher than 16th or 17th in the league. Possibly something. Yeah, like it, that. it's around that. So, yeah, if they are serious about. This promotion push and and you know staying in the in the playoffs positions, which I think they've got every right to be. They need to to pick up points, you know, against teams like Leeds, especially at home as well. You know that Hillsborough fortress that that Monk and a couple of the players have spoken about it is massive for them, really, really, really big. Um, you know if they if they can continue that Monk's unbeaten in in league games at home, so um, yeah, it, you know it's one of those. Would you take a point? Well. Uh,
0: you never wanna say it about home games, do you? You never wanna say that you'd accept a point in a home game. So I, to that I would say no, I wouldn't take a point. I I'm not I don't think I'd be disappointed if at half past two on Saturday we're coming away and it's been a draw.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah.
0: Um I guess we'll have to see. I mean, Gary Monk obviously didn't didn't spend a huge amount of time at at Leeds, but, you know, he he was there for a bit. I guess he will feel like he's got a bit of unfinished business with Leeds, which can manifest itself in a way that he's going to want to get one over on them. He'll get the Wednesday team fired up for this, won't he?
1: Yeah, there was a sense of that today in his press conference. He sort of seemed to put a little bit of pressure on Leeds in terms of saying, you know, this is a big, big season for them. You know, there's a bit of pressure on them. To go up, everyone's expecting them to go up. was saying that the way that the club, people around the club, and, and even the players, the way that they talk, they expect to be a Premier League club. So it's quite interesting. Monk, you know, in, in games previously, is sort of straight batted everything and sort of said, "Oh, we're not, we're not concentrating on on them or what they do. It's it's all about us." So it's interesting that he picked this one out. Obviously, like you say, he does, he does have personal history there. Um, everyone. I think was was more or less pretty surprised when he, when he was sacked there. You know, obviously the yeah, yeah. the new owner had come in, and you know, there's always a bit of a media for all when a, when a young English manager is sacked. But um, yeah, it certainly certainly took me by surprise, and and he admitted today that he was he was shocked as well when uh, when that call came. So yeah, possibly a, a bit of extra needle there for Monk. Um, and yeah, like you say, a lot of the 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 rhetoric this week leading up to the Leeds game has been about. The fans really, you know, becoming a part of, of this fortress Hillsborough and, and really turning up and, and being up for the game. So it's near the kick off, which which doesn't always lead to the the most raucous atmosphere. But you know, Wednesday fans have got a, a part to play on Saturday.
0: Absolutely. Um, of course, we have got the example of um, Gary Monk going back to his old team once this season already with Middlesbrough. Whatever he said in the build up to that game worked because yeah, we, uh, we, we, we stormed it. So, um, you know, if he plays a similar sort of tactic for, for Saturday, then, you know, 4-1 Wednesday, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take that. the um, other thing to mention about um, Saturday, and this is, um, me and Dom always say we don't really talk about off-the-pitch stuff, and then the last couple of weeks seem to have talked about a lot of off-the-pitch stuff. Um, no trams running before and after the... The game because of trouble um, last season, which you probably should have mentioned at the start. So when we talk about how feisty it was, yeah. um, then um, it, it, it kind of sounds like they're insinuating very much that it was Leeds fans that that caused the issue with the the trams, and the only solution that they can come up with to the, to that is is for the trams just not to run. for I think it's two hours before the game and probably a couple of hours after the game as as well Um, I kind of feel as Wednesday fans that we uh, are almost entitled to lick our wounds a little bit at the moment with with this and all the issue with getting into and out of the north stand and this season just kind of feels like one thing after another that's not really our fault as fans but it's fans that are paying the price for Uh, right then let's hear from uh, from within the Wednesday team let's hear from Morgan Fox even
4: from the beginning of this season I said at the beginning it's the fittest i I've been uh, probably ever and, uh, and I was confident back then obviously had a little run at the start missed a few and then back in now so yeah feeling good
3: really uh, good options at the back as well Wednesday you've got I mean uh, Garen just talks about Palmer and the Badger and everybody else so in terms of that do, do you always feel that you have to be 100% hitting those standards to ensure that you are staying in the team
4: yeah of course I think you said. Um, good options at the back that like you look everywhere, I think, all over the pitch. Uh, we've got a good squad and, um, you know, like I say, we've been saying that since the start of the season. It's it's all about competition for places. Obviously, everyone wants to play on a Saturday, everyone wants to play on the Tuesday nights and, and you have to just keep giving your best because you know that someone's always there pushing you all the way.
3: As a defensive player, has it helped working under the different coaches that you have this year? Obviously, Steve Bruce was here, Lee Pullen, see Gary it all defenders, has that helped to bring your game on?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think it's always good to, to take different things from different managers. I think if we look at the way um, that the GAF has been working with us recently, it's very much everyone knows their roles in the team. Um, and yeah, that works perfectly for the way that I play. You know, I do my job and then you know you're doing, you're doing that right. And you can work on that, you can improve it, so it's perfect.
3: We've spoken previously about criticism that you had in the past. Has it been nice to see, you know, some positivity this week? I've seen lots of messages about your your own performance.
4: Yeah, of course. I think you know it's it's always better when it's positive. But um, again, that just comes down to the results that the team are having as well. I think you know when the team and the team are doing well and we're in the position that we are, the wins that we're getting, results that we're getting, that all helps.
3: How have you found it under Gary Morgan? Has has he made it a good working atmosphere for you and the rest of the boys?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's very much when we're working, we're working hard. Uh, he's very detailed in the work that he does, whether it be in the video room or out on the pitch. It's, it's very detailed and I think the boys are really bought into it.
3: I believe it would be your first home game against Leeds this weekend. Yeah,
4: probably. Yeah. More research, right?
3: Yeah. Um, exciting prospects, particularly with the crowd and the, and the nature of the game?
4: Of course, yeah. These games that everyone wants to play in. Um, And that's if I play, you know, obviously I want to be involved and I want to play because they're the games you want to play as a player. But especially at this moment in time, we're we're on a bit of a run. We're doing all right and we're confident in the way that we're playing. So, yeah, it'd be good to be involved in it.
0: So we um, we did mention Morgan Fox a couple of times earlier. You touched on him a couple of times. Um, I was quite keen to talk about him because he's an interesting case, Morgan Fox. So I think his card was marked by a lot of fans quite quickly after he came. Now, I actually remember his first couple of games in a Wednesday shirt, and we all kind of thought, oh, maybe he's the missing piece of the jigsaw, and he had a couple of good games, and then there were a couple of errors, and um, he obviously got this reputation as being, um, you know, very sort of mistake-prone, and uh, there's been a big down on him from, from among the, the fan base. Um, it kind of culminated, didn't it, earlier this season where his name was was booed before the game when his name was, was read out. Now, what I find interesting about this is that kind of all those bad performances and mistakes in in the past which to be fair, very much in the past and they were a while ago so you've not seen any of those. So you've only seen kind of Morgan Fox from very back end of season, uh, last season kind of pre- few, um, through pre-season and then yeah. the, the games that he's played this season. So what's what's your kind of opinion on, on Morgan Fox?
1: With all the booing and and you know there, there is a section of, of Wednesday fans even now that, that still seem to be down on, on Morgan Fox and what he has to offer. I, I've never really understood it because you know coming into it pre-season I thought he was one of the better players in the pre-season games that I saw um looked really strong um you know and and was surprised when you know I was told that that he wasn't a you know a, a straight in slot in for the for the first team um looked fit and and you know good good going forward as well um since he's come back in the team you know I I tweeted something on Tuesday night saying you know I, I thought he was he was solid Against Cardiff, and you know, in in trying circumstances, and outstanding really on on Tuesday, I thought the the way that he's carrying himself, you know, the the confidence is, he, he seems to be a couple of inches taller, which you know is, is crazy to say, but you know, going forward, he's made a couple of really dangerous crosses, which you know, obviously is a big part of Wednesday's game. Defensively, he's looked solid, and and yeah, hopefully more to come from Morgan Fox.
0: He does, he does seem quite accomplished at the moment. I think in terms of his defensive work, we've always sort of said that maybe actually he is the most kind of, you know, sort of classic defender in his style that we've got that can play in that position. Um, but yeah, the question marks about what he offers kind of going forward and this little tendency has got to just kind of go a little bit missing in a in a move. But um, yeah, no, no kind of um, examples of that recently. And you kind of feel with Morgan Fox that now, he really needs a run in the team, doesn't he? And and Gary Monk might be a manager that suits him because we know that he does tend to stick with players. He, he brought Morgan Fox in and he took Odebagio out, which none of us particularly expected to, to happen because he stood by Odebagio. So you kind of think, well, now he's done that. I, I kind of feel like now he's he's going to stick with Morgan Fox for a while and he's got his chance to have that run in the team that he's never really had yet in a Wednesday shirt.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's going back to the, what we said about Iorfa, you know. Really putting your faith in in a player and and seeing what he can do over a month or six weeks and and that by the end of that time you'll you'll really see what you've got and um, like I said growing in confidence and with every passing game he's only going to get better and better it was interesting what Monk said going back to what you said about everyone being surprised about Odebadjo being left out he was brought in at Cardiff Fox to just give a couple of extra inches in height. You know, you're expecting that aerial bombardment, and he played so well that he, he's kept in his place. And that wasn't necessarily always going to be the case. You know? Right? Um, Odegaard, I think Wednesday fans probably haven't haven't seen the best of him. You know, from what what he did at Brentford and Hull, but um, seemed to be getting there. You know, you know, got over what what happened at Preston and, and seemed to be getting there. So um, certainly Mox Cup, Fox rather coming in and and playing well. There's competition for places. You know, with Palmer being able to play on either side as well.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, right, before we get into our opinions then, um, let's uh, let's quickly get to know Alex a little bit better. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we found out that you're from Leeds, but you're not a Leeds fan. Mm. Do you want to tell us who you do follow? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't think there's any major... I'm a lifelong Liverpool fan. Okay. Um... As you can tell from my thick scouse accent, <laughs> um, No, my old, my old man was a Liverpool fan. Well, he's a Liverpool fan. Um, and yeah, just sort of followed Bradford City for a, a couple of years with okay. the, the lure of, of cheap season tickets. So yeah, that's my allegiance.
0: Good win for Bradford on Saturday, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, they, they need to get back out of that league. So. Yeah, I think I think it's their uh, their season. Um,
0: so yeah, you've been, obviously been kind of um, reporting on and, uh, and, and going to Wednesday games for for a while now and, and, and certainly for all of this season. So um, what I, I always find it really interesting in talking to someone who doesn't have that Wednesday bias and can actually see things quite clearly. So what is your thought on this Wednesday team? And I guess what I'm saying to you is uh, without the blue and white um, tinted spectacles, what could this Wednesday team achieve? Is, is this a Wednesday team that could
1: go up, do you think? I think it's a Wednesday team that can get in the playoffs. I, I think we'll know. If, my answer now will be completely different to if you ask me in, in a month's time. Yeah. Um, that that thing of who, I hate to be a downer on this, but the teams that Wednesday have played, are, you know, a lot of those games are games that you'd expect them to win. We'll really find out a lot more about Sheffield Wednesday, you know, games like Saturday, games like Swansea, you know, and, and the games that they really need to, you know, turn teams over around them. That, you know, the, the it's very rare that the, the teams that do get results against some of the top teams, don't sort of finish in the mix. Um, so yeah, I think in a month's time we'll we'll know more about them. At the minute, I think Gary Monk's done an outstanding job in what he's done. He's been very clear and very honest about what he's what he's tried to do in in the short amount of time that he's had. In the first job was to to shore up the defence. You know, get a get a stronger mentality in there as well, and you can see that that's that's really you know breathing out of the out of the team at the minute, um, and you know in the weeks to come he, he wants to work on some more offensive stuff, and so you know if if this Wednesday team can. You know, become slightly less reliant on that, on maybe that direct ball to to Fletcher and and what Harris can do on the left, and and find other ways of scoring goals. And they've absolutely got every chance. It, it it's such a weird league. You know, the the championship is always a competitive league, and anyone can beat anyone. It's that old adage, isn't it? But you know, you sit there on a on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night watching the scores come in, and it's you know it's going off everywhere. You know, there's there's teams that you really wouldn't expect. Uh, to lose that are uh, getting turned over by, by two or three. So, yeah, I think it'll be fascinating. I think it's a good chance for Wednesday. And like I say, if they can start banging in a few more goals and, and stay tight at the back, they've got every chance. Simple game, really.
0: <laughs> it, it is. Um, and I find this season quite interesting because there, there is isn't an, uh, an obvious champion in this in this league. There are teams that are quite strong, but it does seem wide open. Everyone really is taking points off everyone else. You wouldn't have thought that Brentford would go to Swansea mm. and stick three in on mm-hmm. Tuesday night. You kind of look at, you know, Barnsley being two up against however, they were, two up against West Brom. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Obviously, West Brom did did pull that one back, but yeah, you know, they're just results that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect. So it it does feel like the kind of season that's a little bit wide open for someone that's maybe just going a little bit under the radar to to kind of sneak in there and have a really good uh, a really good season. So I mean, no, I co- no reason why it's, it, it it wouldn't be Wednesday.
1: Yeah, a couple of the players have said that they're quite comfortable with Wednesday being that team as well, and and that changes with. TV coverage a lot of the time because because Sky end up talking about you a lot, um, and so that that sort of underdogs or dark horses tag or whatever you want to call it does sort of fall away. But you know Massimo Luongo you know was qu- quite explicit in that you know it's part of the conversation in the changing room the fact that they are going under the radar, um, and there'll be a lot of people that looked at the league table and said, oh Wednesday third, you know obviously we're in that bubble you know you're a supporter, um, we you we know we're following everything they do, but you know up and down the country there'll be a lot of people that are surprised that, that Sheffield Wednesday are doing what they're doing.
0: I obviously didn't know that because I have a ban on league tables until Christmas.
1: (laughs) Uh, Right, then on to our opinion. So last week,
0: we uh, looked at this sort of mini, I keep calling them mini season. So this five games between international breaks. So Cardiff away, Stoke at home, obviously those games have gone. So uh, Leeds at home, Blackburn away, Swansea at home. So five games, three at home, two away. What's a good points return. So both me and Dom said kind of nine or ten. We had so many responses to this. Gavin said 12, Adam saying seven, Inskins nine. Dino said, 10, um, Nicholas said 9, Lee said 10 um, Alex, not you um, but uh, and Alex on Twitter who said um, anything above 2 would be a bonus, well we've already done that so um, that's that box uh, ticked but very much kind of between 8 and 10 was the average, so we've got 4 from 2 games now we're very much on kind of target there for for 10
1: points um, what what do you think? I, I, I think you're right, sort of 8, 9, 10, you know that that would be sort of the scale Eight, you'd be all right with nine, you'd be happy with, and, and ten, you'd be quite happy. So,
0: yeah, I think being unbeaten in this one yeah. of five games would be would be brilliant, and and kind of naturally that means that the points can fluctuate within a certain level, but uh, it would mean we're doing something right.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, we, we, I've sort of used the analogy a couple of times that the monks trying to build an airplane while it's flying, you yeah. know, and and anything that he does in this period is going to be really impressive. It's going to take um, a, a couple of international breaks and that sort of thing to, to really see what, what Monk's Wednesday are going to look like and for them to really hit the strap. So, you know, it's still a work in progress. So, like you say, if they can, if they can remain unbeaten, it would be a hell of an achievement, I think. Uh,
0: as uh, as the guest on the episode this week, you get the great privilege, I uh, say privilege, <laughs> uh, of, uh, of choosing this week's Alpinion. So anything at all that you want to put to the Wednesday fan base... This is your platform. I'll do my best game show
1: host voice. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I can't remember what I said now. Oh, um, in ter- right. If, if a, a one of the Wednesday players was to be injured, you know, semi-long term, we're talking six weeks or something, which Wednesday player would they miss most? So w- which player would you least like to see get a, a medium to long term injury? Um, so I, 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 we obviously
0: spoke last night. I knew that this was going to be the question that you asked. Uh, I actually had to do a lot of thinking about this because you can individually pick on a lot of players and 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 kind of think that. Um, I, and the, per, the person I'm going to go for actually is probably quite strange in terms of the fact that it's position that we've got a lot of cover. But I would probably say Stephen Fletcher mm. uh, because I don't think we have anyone that can come in and do the Stephen Fletcher job. As well, Ati knew you can do a job. We've got other strikers that can do a job, uh, but I always think we don't quite look the same team when Stephen Fletcher's not on the pitch.
1: Yeah, I, I got there a lot quicker than you. I think that was sort of the the obvious answer in my mind. You've seen uh, it was the whole game that he missed, and it was a completely different side. You know, yeah. you're asking players to do different jobs and he's sort of very central to the way that the Monks sort of set things up um, and the form that he's in. I think probably Kadeem Harris is another one. Yeah, He he offers us, you know, an awful lot and a, a different sort of uh, weapon on, on on the left-hand side and other players as well, you know, we've spoken about Hutchinson and, and Bannon and um, obviously there's, there's cover with Tom Lee's coming back at centre-back, but th- there's a serious point to be made there, I think, about Wednesday and, and, you know, if one of these players was to, you know, pull a hamstring or, or you know, something like that, it does open up big holes in the squad, despite the fact that everyone, you know, talks about how how deep the the depth in the squad is. Um, you know, someone like Fletcher or, or Harris or someone like that really would leave a big hole in uh, in Sheffield Wednesday. Now, you do realise because
0: you're sat in that seat and you've talked about injuries, so you are in the doom seat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if a Wednesday player now gets uh, a hamstring or long-term injury in the next few games, it will be entirely, entirely your fault. Entirely my fault, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll have to come up with uh, a new name for you. You'll not be allowed to be called Alex anymore. We'll have to I've, I've
1: had toadfish like... pretty, pretty universally <laughs> on Twitter. So um, yeah,
0: you'll have to come up with something around that. Brilliant. Uh, so that's your question from uh, Alex. Which Wednesday player would we miss the most if they were to pick up an injury? So let us know on uh, Twitter, facebook or wherever you uh, fancy uh, speaking to us um alex thank you very much for your company absolute pleasure of course you are on twitter at alex miller 91 that's absolutely yeah spot on uh, well <laughs> memorized uh so uh anyone that doesn't currently follow uh, you then uh, yeah alex miller 21 you can catch dom uh, no that was wrong. At Alex Miller, 91. 91. I got it right first time and wrong <laughs> second time. I don't know. Uh, you can catch Dom at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott. Or contact the show at Dom and James. Big thank you to our gold sponsor, Title Law, who you can find on t- Twitter at Title Law uh, or TitleLaw.co.uk. That's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, we'll, let us have your feedback on the show. We do appreciate your reviews. Please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice, to get the new episode every week and check the show notes to see how you could become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you next week. (laughs)